Hey everyone, and welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. Launched in March 2020, the Boston-based online radio station Oh Hello Boston has achieved a lot in a short amount of time, and we're damn glad it's here. Station founder Suze joins me to talk about how it got its start amidst the hardest days of the pandemic. But Oh Hello Boston is far more than music. The station is home to such shows as Decade Stroll, New England Roots Reggae, and On the Town with Mikey D. We look at the different programs and how Seuss came to work with these amazing people. And for this episode, we are taking a little trip back in time because we're going to be talking about some early days in Boston internet radio stations. Joining me is Suze. She is the founder of Oh Hello Boston, a two-year-old radio station. And I got to say, it's definitely one of the best. Suze. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that we can do this. Thank you so much. It's great to chat with you, Max. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for you know checking out the station. Oh. It's, it's been a it's been a fun adventure. Yeah, yeah, and, and and certainly Boston has seen its fair share of different like online stations over the years. Of course, um, unregular radio. A lot of folks know that made the cover of the Phoenix, which is actually framed on my wall. And then of course, um, uh, Dig Radio was around for a little bit. WEMF, of course, um, uh, Boston Free Radio, which comes out of Somerville C- uh, Cable Access. And now we have this new operation. So I'm curious as to sort of where the idea came from to, to launch this thing. Yeah, so um, a bunch of years ago, the late 90s, you know, online radio is kind of, was becoming a thing where you didn't need to be a radio, uh, you know, a corporate radio station. You could do it yourself. Um, there's a company out of California called Live 365, which was trying to democratize online radio, where like any of us could create a station. And, you know, the they would, you know, you'd, you'd stream through them, etc. And I created a station on their platform back in like 1999. And, you know, it was, I was tinkering. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I'm a fan of, you know, Boston music, New England bands. And a few years out, you know, while I was tinkering with that, I created um, an early Boston blog called Exploit Boston, which I know, silly name, but some friends of mine in Seattle had Exploit Seattle. So I created Exploit Boston. Um, And then I changed the radio station from Sue's Radio to Exploit Boston Radio. Did that for a few years. And then there was, you know, internet streaming royalty rates were kind of, you know, up in the air, not really sure what was going to happen. So I stopped doing the station. And that was, you know, 2006-ish. And then fast forward to March of 2020, uh, the pandemic had just happened a few weeks earlier. I was working for a marketing agency in Davis Square at the time. Uh, we all went home one day to practice. It's like, okay, can our IT infrastructure handle everybody working from home? It worked, and we just didn't go back because the pandemic was bad enough that literally 24 hours later, we were told nobody's going back to the office. So, you know, I was I was at home. I was working from home. I was home all the time and decided, why not bring back, you know, my radio station project? And this time, you know, I... I was trying to think of like, well, what should I call it? And one of my silly phrases that I've said that I've just used for years is, oh, hello. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's call it Oh Hello Boston. So bought the domain name, set, started setting things up. And a 
curiously enough, like live, so live 365 actually went bankrupt. They went out of business, you know, they raised a ton of money back, you know, back when, well, I mean, at that time, you know, late nineties into the early two thousands, the whole internet streaming thing was like, you know, curious 2017, another streaming company that did more corporate business streaming, they bought live 365's logo domain name. Yeah. The logo and the domain name. So when I was looking for a new stream provider, I found Live 365 and I'm like, I know that logo. I know that website. And at the time, I didn't even know that the original Live 365 went out of business. I didn't find that out until after I created my station on what turns out was a new Live 365. And they they didn't even have the software from the original. It was literally the domain name and the logo. So they have basically been creating a new online radio platform using the old Live 365's branding, essentially. And it's been working fine. So that's, you know, it doesn't have all the things I remember the old Live 365 happening, having, but, you know, it's, it's been good. It's, it's been, it's been good for like where I'm at right now with the station. Um, it does this. So they handle my stream and they handle royalty payments to performance rights organizations and that was the key reason that I chose them because I wanted like I wanted Oh Hello Boston to truly be a legit legal online radio station. So that's you know that's my uh, initial rambly tale of how it came to be. Wow, wow, yeah. Uh, you definitely do not want to get a call that begins with "I represent the artist so and so" and think, "Oh boy." Yeah, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think I will would have that problem with like regional bands necessarily. I still wanted to do it right. And that's why, you know, I get a lot of questions like, oh, you know, why are you, how do I download your podcast? Or, oh, your Oh Hello Boston's a show. And I'm like, no, it's actually like a radio station. We got 24 hours a day to program. And, you know, it's, I just really, I really wanted to create something that could be longer lasting. And I felt like doing it, doing it with Live 365 and having, the monthly subscription that I pay to them, a good part of it goes towards the the pro licensing and reporting. So I, I've looked into other platforms, other streaming providers, but I would have to do my own reporting. So that's, you know, reporting into CSAC, to BMI, to ASCAP. That is a job. <laughs> that's a job just to handle the reporting. Yeah, so. no, thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm appreciative and grateful that Live 365 has figured out a way to negotiate their contracts with these pro or light organizations and I can pay them some money every month and they keep things above board. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I just want to dive briefly into like the tech part of this because I'm sure folks at home are saying, hey, I want to do my own station for like local rap artists or punk or what have you. What goes into actually building a station? Yeah, well, I would say that like, oh, hello, Boston, I'm going to answer the question you didn't quite ask, and then I'm going to answer your question. So, oh, hello, Boston is a home for more than just like my, my station, the station started with rock music, because that's just been my world. But I absolutely want to expand to other genres. So if anyone would like to contribute a show that isn't rock, I would love to talk. Um, Ryder McCoy does a reggae show. I never knew much of anything about reggae. And, he, you know, I've learned a lot through his show. So we, you know, we have the reggae show and then most of the music is rock music. But um, as far as like the technical side of it, there isn't, there isn't really 
a lot of, like there was in the late nineties, like just kind of figuring it out. But so live 365, the service that I used to run the station makes it possible for me to not, I can run it from my apartment. So, I mean, right now, like we're running, like it, every, and I, everything right now is scheduled. There's scheduled shows. Eventually we're going to do live shows, but the service, the service I use means I don't, I don't need a lot of, I don't need a room full of like servers and, you know, audio gear. I do, you know, I have a, a decent audio setup, but it's something that I can use at my computer. So that that's, you know, it's a fairly low barrier to entry, but does require, I think it's more of a financial investment than a techie investment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause like, I'm sure a lot of folks are thinking, Oh, I, I need to buy some like super duper, like high end, you know, like desktop with like a, like a 40, like terabyte hard drive and blah, 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 blah. So good to know that it's actually a lot more, a lot easier because I've definitely seen, especially in the earlier days, people would do their own like home stations and they would play like all kinds of like, you know, folk music or jazz music. And it was kind of cool to see like, oh, you know, the options change because as, as, as we're seeing more and more terrestrial stations shut their doors, we're seeing more online stations open theirs. Now, um, as you mentioned, you basically started this because of COVID. You know, everything was shut down. You had the time. You thought, hey, let's give this thing a go. But um, I'm curious if just all the limitations of the, of the pandemic impacted the plans you had for the station. No, no. Not, I mean, the one reason that I wanted to, one in addition, because of COVID, you know, a lot of us were, you know, just at home. <laughs> Unless you were an essential worker, you know, you really, people were spending a lot of time at home. And the output of musicians did not slow down during the pandemic. I don't have any data showing like, oh, actually five times the number of bands have, you know, created albums during the pandemic, but it just, it certainly didn't slow down. So there was all this new music to add to the station, but you couldn't go out and see that band. So, you know, I feel like Oslo Boston is an opportunity for artist music to be heard. And we, you know, we don't, and we play the new stuff and we go all the way back to 1970. So I've got a I've got a show called Decade Stroll. You know, another silly name for <laughs> another silly name for a project. Uh, Decade Stroll is a show that we have. It's time traveling radio style, selecting one song from 1970 to 2021 in sequential six song blocks. So that it'll pick a song from the library from 1970 to 1979, then the 80s, then the 90s, then in, you know, each decade in the 2000s up to 2021. And so that's been a fun way to kind of show like the depth of music that's coming out of New England. It's mostly rock for that because that's the music that I know. But, mm -hmm. you know, as, as we expand on genres, it'll include other songs as well. And then, you know, we also play the, new, the newer stuff, you know, the past, you know, this year, last year, but we do have an archive of over a hundred hours of songs right now, going back to night. Jay Giles band has an album from the night from 1970. So that's the, the oldest music that we have. Very cool. Very cool. You know, uh, you talk about like the name of the station, but I'm pretty sure like WEMF came about because they were in an, an old building where the logo was EMF. That's kind of where it came from. I'm pretty sure. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Names are weird. They, they they come from like the name of my show actually comes from a zombie screenplay that I wrote with a buddy of mine that was set in Boston, but realized we were never going to actually make it because it was just too many like major locations. We we're never going to make it. So when I was thinking of a name for the show, he said, hey, how about uh, I just use the other uh, screenplay name? We're never going to make it. But sweet. Problem solved. That, 
that's awesome. And I was going to ask you where the name came from. So you answered my question. Exactly. Mystery solved. Exactly. Mystery solved. Exactly. Everyone knows now the great mystery of why I call this thing Citywide Blackout is unveiled. I did tr- do some Googling today. I'm like, you know what? I don't know where he got that name. Let me see if I can figure it out. So thanks, I don't really, thanks for that. I don't really talk about it, actually. It doesn't really come up in like conversation. So, yeah, it's a very like little known secret. But there we go. There we go. Oh, that's exciting. Well, cheers. Cheers yeah. to this conversation. Exactly. Learning, lear- learning about Ohio, Boston and the origin story of Citywide Blackout. Exactly. Now, we talked a bit about some of the shows that you have. The Decade Stroll, New England, Roots Reggae, but you also have On the Town with Mikey D, which, of course, I think anyone in Boston knows that show. How'd you go about getting that program on? Yeah. So for the last few years, I've contributed to On the Town with Mikey D. So they're they're on, you know, they have their weekly show and WMFO 91.5 FM operated out of Tufts University, their radio station. And that that's something that, you know, Mikey D, who was, you know, an amazing Boston music guy, um, he started 33 years ago, literally 33 years ago this month in May. And, uh, you know, his good friend Joel Simkes kept the show going after Mikey died. And, you know, for years, Joel has been keeping it going and when the pandemic happened we were chatting and I originally I said hey do you want to air on the town with Mikey D on oh hello Boston if you're not doing it at Tufts and he's like oh we're they figured out a way to do it to do to keep it going without people going into the studio so but then he said well why don't I do like a one hour version of the show because it's three hours the weekly show on WMFO like, why don't I do a one hour version and then you can air that on Oh Hello Boston. So we're calling it the weekend sampler on the town with Mikey D and it's Fridays and Sundays, five to 6 PM on Fridays. It's the new show that he, that Joel puts together. And then on Sundays I air a random replay of one of the previous, I think we're up to like 48 shows. We've done it. He's done it 48 times. So got a lot. And yeah, it's been great. It's been great to work with Joel and the, on the town crew. Um, I, I think I mentioned, I guess when I was first starting to answer your question, I've contributed a little bit to On the Town with Mikey D the last few years. I was doing the concert report for a while. And then more recently, I've been taking um, music from the Ohio Boston Library and doing like a Boston Wayback Machine. Uh, I've, you know, I pick a year and then I go into the Ohio Boston Archive uh, Library and I, okay, okay this week we're going to, I'm going to do a show on 1997 or 1998, 2006. And then I create a 20 to 30 minute segment that is part of On the Town with Mikey D's three hour show. So we, we're, we're collaborators. So that's that's sort of how that came to life. Very cool. I, I actually know Joel from back in the day. Well, not I don't like know, know him, but like we both used to work for The Noise uh, magazine. Right. He did, I think, yeah, he... um, like interviews and reviews and such. So I just like, I just like, uh, I recognize the name. <laughs> Yeah, Joel is an amazing, well, he's a musician. He can play all kinds of instruments. He's also an amazing, and I know it's using the word amazing, but he is truly like one of the best sound engineers around. So, you know, he runs the Studio D at WMFO that was named after, its name was changed at some point in honor of Mikey D. And so when WMFO, like when On the Town with Mikey D has is back in the studio, they have bands that come in. So he's got this, amazing archive of like all these bands that he's produced during their radio show so mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i'm i'm a fan cheers cheers to joel 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cheers to Joel. Cheer, really cheers to like I think anyone who is able to help spotlight the artists of New England and Boston. What would you say Oh Hello Boston kind of adds to the city's music scene? Well, Oh Hello Boston is the only radio station that puts a dedicated spotlight on New England. 24 hours a day, there you know, we play New England music, and I feel like that has some specialness to it. I mean, some people ask me like, "Suze, how do you have a station that only plays New England music? I'm like, well, that's because we have amazing music communities here. You know, a lot, a lot of people will come go to, you know, when they're young, they'll come out to Boston for Berkeley or any of the number of colleges that are here. And they're incredibly talented musicians and a lot of them stay and they, you know, create roots in Boston and, you know, Back before the pandemic, like you could go to the Lizard Lounge on a Tuesday and see rock stars, essentially, like people who were at a caliber that you could see them at a huge show. You know, life is curious. Stuff happens. Not everyone goes can, you know, rock rock stars can't always be rock stars, I guess. But it's, you know, there's an amazing, uh, amazing pool of talent in this region. And I feel like, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a station that can play New England music 24-7. A lot of what, what we play is Boston-based, but I'm, I'm also working to expand it in getting more music from, from the regional, the states surrounding Massachusetts. Like I had a really nice chat with some guys from Vermont the other day, just kind of like, you know, boosting the number of like Vermont artists that we, we play. So working on, you know, working on expanding it beyond Boston too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, because a lot of folks, I think, really think of just like Boston's music scene, but it really is all over the place. Like you have some amazing artists up in like Vermont, New Hampshire. Province has such an amazingly eclectic music scene. So it's cool that you're able to kind of broaden the horizons beyond just like that one little spot. Yeah, I mean, the, the name I thought about naming the station Oh Hello New England. It just doesn't have the same ring. Like Oh Hello Boston just sounds better. So I try to include that in just like, you know, the descriptions of when you go to the website, you'll see like, oh, like we, we, uh, we, we've, we've been referring to the station as Oh Hello Boston, New England's independent radio station. That works, yeah. Plus, yeah, like I said, it's just, it just doesn't have that like roll of the tongue, you know. Oh Hello Boston just flows. Oh Hello New England. Yeah, it's a, it's a little clunky. Yeah, I, I agree. Cheers to that. Absolutely. Let's talk about libraries because, of course, you have a very, very diverse library of music. How did you get it all together? How did you sort of collect this, this like amazing collection of music? A big reason that the library goes back, you know, beyond the current last few years is Michelle DePola. She is, you know, longtime music community person. I, she, you might know her as Lexi Khan. She used to write, for, you know, write, she wrote for The Noise. She was a part of The Noise for years and years and years when, when that was, you know, around. And she helped me curate, you know, a lot of music from 1980 into the early 2000s. Like she was a huge help. She was, you know, she was listening to CDs and kind of, you know, picking two to three songs and helping me like build that, that first early stage of the library so without her it would not we couldn't do decade stroll that show without her she was such a, a big a big help so nice yeah how did the two of you meet i don't remember i bet she remembers but i do not remember i'm guessing it was at something music related 
it, I know she used to be one of she was one of the organizers of the rock and roll social. You know, I don't know if you remember that. Oh it was, yeah. I think it was at the Abbey Lounge for a while. I didn't go back then, but then it was at uh, the Model. So yes. it was like a, it was like a yes. networking night, like before social media, like basically because you know that was where bands would bring their CDs and bloggers would be there. You know, radio, some radio, local radio show people would be there. I don't think I, so I think I met her before then, but prob, it was probably something at a show. She, I mean, she used to organize her own shows. She has, you know, it was under the name uh, Low Budget Superhero. So she did stuff at like the Lizard Lounge and other spots around town. Yeah. Hearing you mention the rock and roll social and the model, man, that takes me back because like I lived in Boston from 2007 to 2015 roundabouts. And I was pretty much running the show just about the entire time. And it was so cool just to really, because I had I'd never been a part of the scene before then. And it was so cool just to meet the people and see the really vast area covered too, like all the events. And like you said, you, you would go to these things and be like, you know, promoters and producers and radio folks and people would be handing out their CDs, the business cards, you know. It was such a cool environment to uh, be in. Yeah, it was very, uh, the Rock and Roll Social was very welcoming, I felt, because yeah, I mean, it's like I, like I'm more or less outgoing, but I also can be very shy. So like, you know, like I used to do a lot of concert photography and a lot of times bands wouldn't even know I was there. Like I would, I would be there, I'd shoot my photos, I'd put them online like next, soon after and they were like, oh, you were at our show. I'm like, yes, indeed I was. But, like, but at the, with the Rock and Roll Social, it was just very I don't know. I just felt very at ease there. It was very easy to talk to people. Everyone was super approachable. You know, the, the, and the, the women who co-hosted it, and I don't remember exactly everyone who was an organizer. I know Michelle was one of them, um, but they were just very, it just, they just made it very welcoming. It was a great, a great event. It really, it was yeah. On like Monday, I think it was on like Monday night. I know, right. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> Technically, the night that no one had a show, like back then, it was like, no one has a show on Mondays. Let's do our event on Mondays. So, yeah. And that like works. Monthly, the, one of the mon- first, I don't know which Monday of the month it was, but yeah. yeah. Great, great event. Yeah. And and I can remember, like, the best part of the week for me was Friday. You get home from work, you ditch the work year, you get changed, and you're out to a show. You know, you go into, like, the Middle East or TT the Bears or... Uh, Sinclair or wherever else it was it was such a cool like okay let's go you know we're like off to a show and dive into that scene yeah I you know one it's interesting like I I totally hear you on like the Friday but for me boss for me it was Tuesday oh really Wednesday Thursday yeah Tuesdays at the I'm trying to remember what night Dennis Brennan was doing his residency I mean he was doing it up through the pan up into the up to the pandemic Mm. uh Session Americana Oh yeah. Started at to- started at Toad, then they moved it over to Lizard Lounge. I think I saw them like twelve weeks in a row once. Like we were, they were doing like ongoing residencies. So I've I'll bull McCabe's in Union Square, Sum- Union Union Square, Somerville. You could go there every night of the week. Like writer who does our New England Roots reggae show, he was in a band called Ghetto People Band, and they had a Wednesday night residency that started at ten p.m. and went until one a.m. on a Wednesday. And that was just, I mean, they were amazing. They're great, great performers. They, you know, reggae band, but it's just like every night of the week, like you can go, could go to Sally O'Brien's and see Tim O'Gear, Tim Gearin. You could Sally O'Brien's with Tim, Tim Gearin or, 
you know, Christian McNeil at Atwoods, like there's just like every day of the week, Boston had amazing, amazing shows to see. And it's nice to see that, you know, things are starting to get a little better. I went to Atwoods this past weekend for the first time since February of 2020. I had my mask on, you know, I'm still cautious, but it was great. It was so great to be back at Atwoods. Like yeah, that, yeah. that was just, you know. I was at a place in Providence called Askew a few weeks ago. Oh, and, Askew, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and, and, you know, like you, it was my first time out at an like indoor venue. I've been to a few, like, a few, like a really cool, like outdoor shows, but this is my first, like, you know, indoor back in the day kind of venue. And it was such a cool, it was so cool to get back and feel it. It's like, you know, everyone's there having a time, the merch table set up. And I had thought, okay, this is going to be a little weird, right? But no, it was just like, just like riding a bike, man. It was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Skew is a great place. I've actually never been there, but like, because I was doing the concert report for, uh, you know, on the town with Mikey D for a while, I would always, you know, take a look at what they're doing. I haven't, I haven't been to Providence as much as I would like to. It's like, I, I think I mentioned during our pre-chat, it's a place that I have considered moving to um, because they do, I mean, the Silks are from Providence. Mm-hmm. They are one of my favorite bands from anywhere. Love them. So yeah, there's a lot of great bands coming out of Providence. Mm-hmm. Jumping back a bit to uh, to uh, the library of music, who would you say are some like the must-have bands, like like the ones that absolutely need to have a home on the station? The bands that I won't let you forget. <laughs> like I think that that's that's who I want on the station. You know, one in the library. You know, the like where you can what you'll hear on Decade Stroll or other times of the day when there isn't like a set show being played when it's more like free form through everything. I'm Talking to Animals is one of my favorite bands from the 1990s. They got signed by a major label and the classic tale, they got dropped by the major label before the album was officially released. And, you know, they, they ended up getting it released. They had one album, then they split up. Well, fast forward to this year, 2022, and Juliana Nash, the singer and the songwriter from the band, is taking some of the songs that they never released and she's creating, she's got a new album coming out next month in June. And I've, I listened to a preview of a preview of it. And it, it was like, it's so interesting to hear music that I remember like two of the songs I absolutely remember from shows and just so timeless. Like, you know, like this is a song that is from the mid nineties and it, it just was great to great, great to see that she's bringing some of the music back and you know so we've got a home for her band talking to animals the music that they released in the 90s and it's a home for her new music that she's putting out in 2022 there are so many bands that i love and let's see there's like fooled by april which is like a pop ish pop indie pop band from boston splashdown they were a favorite band from the 90s who had a similar fate as a as talking to animals, uh, there's Missile Thrush, which was a band from the '90s. Uh, you know, so I guess you know I moved to Boston from Nebraska in 1994. So for me, like the years of like music started in the mid to late '90s. So that's kind of the music that I've that I definitely want to you know include in the station. But also, it's really important to you know be current too. So there's just so many great great new newer artists like I mentioned the silks I mean they've been around since like 2012 maybe so they're not shiny and new but there's a lot of a lot of good new music coming out too so so I'm you know I'm I'm actually looking at the library right now just to kind of remind myself of some of the newer artists that we 
you know, putting a spotlight on um, Salem Wolves. Mm. They are an awesome rock and roll band. Ex Hyena. They're like an electronic band duo. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay Prozac. He's out of Worcester. Fatigue. Who's a, a they're a DJ and they also put out some uh, electronic music. Barbaletta is an artist that I hadn't heard of and she submitted her music to the station because we, we have a submission page. So mm-hmm. if you hear about us and you're an artist, you can submit music on the website. Uh, she's out of, I think, Rhode Island and is more of like a kind of a hip hop R&B artist who's fantastic. So that was like a fun discovery thanks to her reaching out. So we, we play her music too. Uh, Christian Montgomery and the winter kill band. They're like, you know, country rock. Fantastic band. They're yeah. like, among, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're the best. I want to yeah, ask, really. I want to ask about first getting, getting to Boston, 1994. How did you get involved with the scene? Like, was it, like, like, what was it like for you to suddenly find this just like wealth of music? Yeah. So in 1993, the fall of 1993, I got on the internet. My college friend said, Hey, we need to get email accounts. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fabulous. Let's get email accounts. And so I got an email account and then, uh, and then I got on gopher. If you could, that was like pre web where you text based searches on a VAX machine. And I found e- mailing lists for bands. And I, I found a, uh, the mailing list for the 10,000 maniacs. Cause that was a band I liked in the early nineties. And I got to know the person who was running the mailing list and we became friends. And then I got on a BBS and I became friends with a bunch of people around my age who were going to school at UMass Amherst and Emerson. So I had this like percolating group of friends who were out here and I ended up coming out for the summer of 1994, subletting one of their rooms because they were out for, they were going to be traveling abroad for the summer and I never left. So I like I left after my I came out from Nebraska after my junior year of college, essentially dropped. Yeah, I dropped out. I'm not I never finished my degree. Uh, The following year, I started to get into tech and, you know, a lot of and on the note of tech, a lot of musicians also work in tech. So I had coworkers who were in bands. So that, you know, was one way that I learned about music here, too. And then just, you know, I've. I love music and I was starting to get into photography. So my camera was a way for me to have a role at a show, do something like I, so that's, you know, that's basically how, you know, I got, I got in with a, learned more about the music scene in Boston. Nice. Nice. I actually got started in radio because of a trip I took to the, uh, the Philippines. End of story. I won't elaborate. I believe there's a link on your blog blog spot or blogger yeah i almost clicked on it but i didn't yet click on it now i will i think it's like a was it a photo album something it's a it's it's like it's like a journal i kept well see two secrets are out here how i got started and how the name comes from unveiling all the secrets that's awesome exactly I want to ask about the Boston scene as it is now. Of course, things are kind of coming back. We're seeing places reopen. Bands are doing shows more regularly. Does the vibe feel like it's back to what it was pre-COVID? Well, I know that when I, you know, I went, I've been to a few shows this year. Not not a lot, but a few. And, you know, being at Atwoods this past weekend, definitely, it felt like a reunion. It was, you know, the first time I saw a lot of people. 
it was, you know, really, it was interesting to like reconnect with people. You know, there was some, there's been some sad news recently, you know, David Mirabella of the Rationales died a couple of weeks ago and he was a, you know, we were pretty good. We were good friends. And I, I have a lot of acquaintances in the in the music scene, not, and most, you know, I see them at shows, but David was someone that I would text that we would, you know, make plans to see each other. And that show at Atwoods was also kind of a, you know, an opportunity for, you know, a lot of us to just, talk about oh I miss Dave and you know just kind of share share that memory and that ex- that experience together but yeah I I think you know I am I am personally cautious because COVID hasn't gone away and you know it it I don't know when that will happen so I'm continuing to you know wear my mask but trying to go out and and see music when I can it's not it's nothing like it was pre-COVID but you know there's hope there's hope and you know there's new venues too like that's it's not just that everything shut down like crystal ballroom in davis square somerville has an amazing 500 capacity venue it is so lovely there and i I actually went to a show there in february and everyone was masked and everyone's vax cards were checked so there was like a a bit of ease of, of entering the space because I knew everyone had been vaccinated. Everyone was wearing their, you know, their masks and it, we could be together even during a still kind of curious time. So, but yeah, yeah like Crystal Ballroom's new Roadrunner, which is a much bigger venue that's new in Brighton. I'm trying to think of the other, I feel like there's like more newer ones. Yeah, the, jungle, the, the jungle has persisted which is very, very good. I'm glad to see that they have persisted. So, yeah. So I think, you know, they're the middle, the small to middle size venues. There's a bit of a hole with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. But what I've seen though, with the scene of Boston is that it always comes back, you know, we may lose a place, but we'll get another one. So like there, I think there's that hunger and that desire for that scene to be active. So yes, we did lose, um, great Scott but I last I heard this could have changed I could be totally off base but they were looking at a new location um yeah the the pizzeria Regina thing is actually going to now be a restaurant damn it uh, a restaurant yeah like I think the last week or two uh it, that was announced that it's no longer going to be the new great Scott you know, maybe they'll, I haven't heard if they've found another potential home they probably will you know but, like but you know the other the other thing that's been curious is that breweries are turning into music venues yeah. and, you know, which is kind of amazing, but that's been, you know, I mean, like the air, like aeronaut cannery in Everett, they have an amazing stage there. It's huge. I mean, the, the, the audio, like the room, not room audio, but like the acoustic, the acoustics are a little funky there, but it's, that's been an interesting place to see bands. Like I saw the silks there a few months back. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and there are other breweries too that are doing shows that are not as big as like the Aeronaut Cannery space. And that's, you know, that's been nice to see. It's different, but you know, you got to figure, figure things out and be creative. And I think breweries have kind of helped fill that gap a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do you stay on top of the, of the, uh, uh, the music scene, especially where, you know, the days of us having, pl- you know, uh, magazines like, you know, we had the, we had the noise back in the day. Of course we had the Phoenix. Some of these are gone. So how do you stay on top of like who's releasing new content? Yeah, well, uh, we do have a submissions page on our website. So Oho Boston.com click the submit button. And a lot of artists, uh, 
are using that to share music with us. Um, social media is really the place where I keep stay on the pulse of things. Everybody's, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. On Twitter, I've got uh, we've got a uh, a list called New England Musicians. So if a New England artist follows us, whether we play their music yet or not, we'll I'll add them to that Twitter list. And then when I want to see read their posts, their Twitter posts, I can just go to that list, see the latest. And that's been a great way to kind of see like what's happening. You know, Facebook, Facebook pages, in Instagram, also Instagram. So I, so those it, social media has definitely helped me because I'm not going out to shows like I was and talking, seeing people in person. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, yeah. You, you, I think uh, you definitely got to look for those, for those like alternative means of doing that because like, like you, I also don't go out to a whole lot of shows anymore. So for me, social media is probably the best way for me to stay on top of it. But I mean, we are also seeing other publications, of course, uh, Vanya Land, definitely one of the best of the best, you know, um, uh, Worcester Magazine, they 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 really stay on top of the music scene as well. So we do have some publications still around, but oh, fewer than that, back in the day. That's true. Yeah, Vanyland's awesome, and yeah, and and Victor at Worcester Magazine, he's been great at putting a spotlight on artists. Like I I really enjoy reading reading what he writes too. So on top, so on top of things. As I mentioned earlier, we have seen a number of different online stations. What does that tell you about just the like entrepreneurial spirit around the city's music scene? Yeah, I mean those stations they're, you know, they they have a legacy. I, you know, I would love I've I have thought about, you know, could I potentially pitch Oh Hello Boston to some of them as like a new home of sorts for some of their shows. I, you know, I think it's you know, I, I am doing Oh Hello Boston right now as a labor of love. So that also makes it possible to do it. You know, I don't have, I'm not, you know, I, I don't have an office, an office where I'm running things. I don't have staff, like the contributors, we're all, we're all doing this as a labor of love. Now, would I like to get to a point where there's sponsors and there's a revenue? hundred percent. But right now, it truly is a labor of love. So that's that's how that's how I'm able to do it. That of course can't sustain itself because I don't you know can't can't be a you know an expensive hobby forever. But that's you know that's kind of how I started it. That's how I start. I started the station as a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And oh. you know I think that you know I starting starting like starting small and then going from there. Now recently, you got yourself featured in the Globe which is no small accomplishment, certainly. What do you think that adds just to the presence of Oh Hello Boston? Yeah, well, being written about by the, you know, paper of record in Boston was very exciting. And James Sullivan is legit. Like he, he's been writing for years and he, you know, we had a nice chat about how, you know, his history in Boston music. Like he's, you know, he saw shows at the channel, you know, back in the day. So, you know, he has roots in Boston music. So for to have him write the story for the globe about the station was, I, I'm very grateful that he, you know, that he wrote, that he was, you know, signed up to tell the story. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And the, the dig is also written about us, which was also awesome. Uh, you know, and Worcester Magazine, Victor included it in a blog post he wrote. So we've got, you know, a few a few things that have started to percolate uh, in large part, thanks to Michael Murad at Publicist, who uh, I engaged with uh, to help with PR outreach. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, so definitely still a really, um, I would say, a wealth of journalists out there helping to kind of spread the news about the city's uh, music scene. Yeah, and they're you. I mean, not that, that I'm turning this into like a commercial about you, but you are part of that. <laughs> like you are, you know, Max, your citywide blackout is important. Like you've kept this going. So yeah. cheers, cheers to you for that. There you go. So what is down the road for Oh Hello Boston? What plans do you have uh, that you're working on? Yeah, so right now the station is 100% commercial free. I did that intentionally because I like with Live 365, the platform that I stream through, you can you can they actually have an advertising uh, system where I could <clears throat> I could drop in ads and there's like a revenue share with them. But I chose, but they're like generic ads. They're not like, and I want, I wanted, oh, I want Oh Hello Boston's sponsorship to be hyper local as much as possible. So I'm going to start, you know, re, I'm going to start working on like sponsorship campaign. Uh, we've got a new online store that is launching in a few days where you can buy Oh Hello Boston merch. Uh, to start, it's going to be our logo, which was designed by musician and designer Aaron Gennett. And she's in a band called Thrust Club. And she's awesome. She said she designed our logo, so we're, we've got a, we're going to use that for the initial store launch. And then I'm talking to a musician who's also a designer who, about creating some new designs to also sell in the merch store, not just with our with things other than just our logo. So yeah, so sponsorships. We've got the online store. Uh, I've started using SMS for text messages, so uh, listeners can text us and connect with us through text messages. So that's something that's uh, in progress. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, I'd say this, the sponsorships is the thing that I'm really, you know, working working towards next. A couple more questions. Um, we have seen a number of terrestrial stations close their doors. These were stations who were very strongly involved in the local scene. Do you feel like there's almost a responsibility for people to keep that going so that, you know, that presence can remain for years to come? Boston deserves a radio station. And especially a radio station who focuses on just music that's released in this region. And when I say Boston deserves a radio station, really, I mean New England because we're, you know, we're playing music beyond Boston. But yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, and, you know, one thing that with like the player that we have on the station when you're listening over in the right corner, there's a little shopping cart icon, which connects to um, if the band has their music available for sale in Apple Music, you can click that icon and you can buy it. You know, I feel it's important to buy music. You know, it's great. I know that people talk about, oh, you can get on Spotify and you can get exposure. You know, you may only make 12 cents, but you get exposure and all. And that, sure, I guess, you know, be on Spotify, but there's still, it's still important to buy music, especially right now when you can't go to a show and buy the merch. So, you know, when you're listening to Oh Hello Boston and you hear something that you like that looks interesting, sounds interesting, not everyone's on Apple Music, but most most bands are mm-hmm. and, you know, especially current bands. So that's a way to support your ears and the artists, because I don't I don't believe in the just support local music. It's not a charity like artists are giving us something. It is a gift. So I feel like there's there's value in, you know, buying the album, mm-hmm. you know, Bandcamp is one of my favorite sites to buy music. So, oh, yeah. All right. So we recently passed the two-year anniversary of Oh Hello Boston. Does it surprise you that this has become what it is in that short amount of time? 
I'm keeping it going because I'm persistent. I'm stubborn. I don't know. I really want this. You know, I feel like it's, it's an, it's my contribution to put this out there and, you know, provide a place, a platform for artists to be heard. It's just a matter of, you know, getting the word out. So in addition to sponsorships, well, I feel like sponsorships will tie into like further promotion because, you know, someone needs to know we exist before they can appreciate how much they enjoy it, mm-hmm. that they would enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. so being able to connect with like you on your podcast and get that globe article, it's, you know, really, it really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Suze, thank you so much for joining me. I am so psyched to know that Oh Hello Boston's out there and happy two year anniversary and many, many more to come. Thank you so much. Yep. Cheer and cheers to the continued awesomeness of Citywide Blackout. Thank you. And folks, don't forget, go uh, go to O, that's OHHelloBoston.com. Put the music on in the background all while you're at work, all while you're driving. Certainly follow their socials. You're, uh, you're going to see so many cool posts about so many amazing artists. And uh, looking forward to talking again for year three, four, five, and 20. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Max. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. And be sure to check out Oh Hello Boston at ohelloboston.com. You can follow this show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com. And check out the show wherever you find your podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. As always, keep those ears open.